Hello, and welcome to the Fat Boys in the Indian Podcast, brought to you by Blake Haynes, Derek Imberton, Ryan Barker, and Tanner Crawford. We bring you somewhat factual, observational, and very delusional sports and world takes. We hope you enjoy the journey. Thank you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the FBI Podcast, starring Derek Emberton and myself doing another KU football episode. What's going on, Derek? Oh, not much, man. Uh, actually, before we got this thing rolling, I was just kind of looking at last week's game, and uh, for some reason, last week really hurt me, man, but uh, we'll get into that later. How have you, how have you been, dude? Not bad, dude. I'm uh, actually going to the game on Saturday, so pretty excited. See a lot of things that we won't get to see. I know it sounds silly saying that, but I mean, when you're actually at a game in person, it's just a whole different experience, and I feel like you get a better uh, perspective than you know us sitting at home watching the game. All right. So last week, Derek predicted a 24-16 KU win. I predicted a 38-31 KU win, and then I predicted us finishing five and seven, and you predicted us finishing four and eight. So how do you feel about those? Well, I still stand by my four and eight, but it's gonna come down to if we can have a passing threat. Because if we don't establish something where we're able to move the chains by throwing the ball, we will go two and ten. After what I saw Saturday against a, uh, you know, a lower, a lower echelon team in uh, Baylor, we we won't win another game. Well, the thing was, uh, it didn't really feel like a throbbing like last year. Um, at home, Baylor just like knocked the mix off of us, and it was like their only win, I believe. Uh, it just felt like there was nothing we could do. But this game, it didn't really feel like it was an, an ass kicking. It just felt like we couldn't do anything on offense per se. Yeah, I mean, and you know, for those who didn't watch the game, uh, the final of that was twenty six seven Baylor. And honestly, it's I mean, in the Big Twelve Conference, anyways, and you know, a lot of the other Power Fives you can still allow 26 points and come out with a win. So, like, that's not like we gave up a ton of points considering how college level is today, you know. So, Puka didn't do what he usually does, but he still had 14 and 89, which is pretty solid. Um, hard to do what he does when he uh, he's facing eight and nine-man boxes because we can't yeah. throw. And that's the thing. Uh, Bender went 10 for 17 for 105 yards and one touchdown. But – yeah, if you're only going to be able to throw for 105 yards um, on eight-man boxes, then you probably shouldn't be playing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it goes back to the thing we talked about in the uh, preview of this season. Uh, it was, you know, Carter Stanley. Like, you know, I feel like if that kid went anywhere else, he'd probably have a pretty decent career, but uh, Beatty's just throwing him under the bus. Yeah, and the whole thing, Bender is the least athletic of the three quarterbacks, and – I wouldn't say there's much discrepancy in their throwing abilities. Uh, so I don't see why, you know, if we're wanting to run the ball and uh, eat the clock, which we should have been doing for years, I don't see why we have some guy who's not that accurate and not that strong of an arm and has no pocket awareness. I don't know why. I mean, you saw how athletic Carter Stanley was there towards the end. Yeah, and yeah. You, you, we saw, I mean, I know Miles Kinder got hurt. So I think, I don't know. The fact that they put Carter Stanley then in there at the end kind of makes me wonder um, if it's you know 
Bender's uh, chapters over here. I mean, it kind of has to be, in my opinion. Um, this is his senior year. Uh, he's had more than enough time to show what he's capable of doing. In my opinion, he shouldn't have even been starting after, you know, a few games of last season. So uh, I, I I still, week to week, I don't know what David Beatty's thinking, and it's going on, What this is year four. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know how long it should take for you to figure it out, man. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I said, um, it didn't really feel – it wasn't a, a butt kick, and it didn't feel that way. But I think this one went down to bad co- – I mean, he didn't throw a pick, but, he, I mean, he there was a pick six they dropped for Bender. But he just – he's like a, a terrible Alex Smith. He, he just doesn't know what to do. He can't do anything down the field with it. But I think um, David Beatty also got super outcoached. His timeout fiascos in this game were terrible. Absolutely atrocious. Could be some of the worst coaching in his career, and that's saying something considering his record at KU. He iced our own kicker, Derek. Yeah, he called a timeout because he's actually he's playing for <laughs> Baylor, if you didn't know. They actually were paying him money. And the one that might have been worse than that, it was like a fourth and eight, I believe, and Baylor was pretending like they were going to go for it, and there was like three seconds on the game clock, so they clearly were just going to take the delay a game and just punt it and get you know so they can get back another five yards. And he called a freaking timeout. You know, he's the only coach in America that would do that too. There was like three seconds on the on the game clock, or I mean on the play clock, and he literally called timeout because they were gonna they were just gonna take the penalty and punt it anyways, and then after the timeout they punted. So he clearly, you know, this is his fourth year as a head coach. He clearly has no idea how to manage a game. The dude should be even came out said. He should be in the Big Seven coaching JV running backs is what he should be doing. He even said uh, in on his post game, you know that, you know he sh- he needs to be better at game planning, game managing, and it's like, dude, this you've is had this four. long been you, yeah. He said it won't happen again, but you, it's not going to happen again because you're not going to have another chance. It's like David he Beatty never, never he never grew up like. You know, all these coaches he's been around, because he's been around some really good coaches. He's like that kid that didn't pay attention in class, and then he got, a, he got like, the homework or the test, and he failed it, and he's just, like, wondering why. Like, he had all these people to cheat off of, all these great coaches he's mm-hmm. around, you know. At, and he, at Rice, he uh, was it the bailiff guy, David Bailiff, he was around. Uh, mm-hmm. He was at A&M when, around, like, uh, before uh, Kingsbury Someone. took the Texas Tech job. He was a coordinator there, mm-hmm. Sumlin. You know, it's like I don't understand how you can be around all these talented coaches, not pick anything up, and have like a decent coaching career. I don't know, man, but um, it's crazy too because Baylor had almost a hundred more yards and penalties. They had thirteen for one forty-four or one forty-one. So you know, Baylor clearly, you know, undisciplined, did stupid stuff, but we still couldn't score and take advantage of that. That's the thing that worried me about that game is, you know, them being a bottom Big 12 team. Um, to only manage seven points, is it's kind of scary. Yeah, against the second-worst team in the Big 12. So, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, in, you know, jumping into this next game, we got to get into Oklahoma State. I mean, if we don't try to keep pace with these guys or at least uh, run the clock down and pass the ball efficiently, I think it could get out of hand really quick. Yeah, we we had 122 on the ground against eight man box all game, but we only managed to pass for 149 against eight man box. 
Which doesn't make uh, sense. I, I feel don't like know. any other team in the FBS could throw for more than 149 yards and a half against an eight-man box, let alone an entire game. Yeah, it the thing that's skewed is the same amount of passing yards this year, but we've also had like 200 and 300 rushing yards, so it's kind of negated our poor pass play. Um, so moving forward, we totally had a lot of hype going into that one. Thought it was a good one. Road win, but uh, so going on to Oklahoma State, um. They beat Boise 44-21, which I thought was a great win because Boise's offense was seems like it's pretty solid this year. But then they turn around and another game that caught me off guard. Uh, Texas Tech. I don't know. It's like Texas Tech is not known for defense, but when you allow an Oklahoma State team that's known for their offenses, you hold them to 17 points. I was kind of blown away. Uh, it kind of makes you think Texas Tech might exceed expectations, but that's for another day. Um, yeah, Oklahoma State last weekend just really was very disappointing. I expected them to come out of that game with a win. Um, this uh, They have this senior quarterback named Tyler Cornelius, and he's not their typical um, OSU quarterback. It feels like he's a guy that's, you know, he got a scholarship. It was kind of like a project. And then next thing you know, you know, it's four years later, and they weren't able to replace uh, Mason Rudolph, and it's like, oh shit! All we have left is this Taylor dude, and he never panned out to be, you know, he was a project. We didn't think he was gonna be super amazing, but we thought he'd be something. And then you get to the end of the road where he's your only option, and it's like, oh shit! And I think that's probably oh, why he McCluskey, actually just transferred. Uh, out. It was transferred recently out. he transferred. Wow. Yeah, he uh, he's that taking the red shirt and transferring thing, out. You know, if, if one of your best receivers is calling it quits. He... Yeah, he's sixth all time in receptions at OSU, and he's ninth in touchdowns. But this year, he wow. only has fifteen catches for one hundred fifty-five yards. Big drop off. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of their offense has kind of shifted. They're relying on their I mean, they have a badass running back, so they're relying on him a lot. But, yeah, McCluskey just – he is not even half of what they're used to having back It there. makes you think what uh, they're going to do against KU's defense this weekend, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, like I said before, like the Baylor game, like we – we our defense really wasn't that bad. I mean, we let up a couple 30-yard touchdown passes, but they weren't like massive bombs. It's just our offense kept punting. I think we are like 4 for 14 on third down. We just, you know, we punted a lot, and it was back to last year where the defense is on the field a lot. And there's I think it'll be interesting so to much keep an you eye can on how KU does on, on first and second downs because when you're a bad team like we are and not as much talent as the other teams will be facing, if you don't get any decent yardage on those early downs, you're setting yourself up for a long afternoon. And, you know, we've watched this for four years plus with KU – like just not being able to, you know, complete passes when you need to complete passes for four or five yards. And that can be the difference in keeping a drive alive to get a touchdown or even a field goal in our case, you know. Yeah, it. Um, I kind of, I mean, I'm not as upbeat as last week, but it's, I'm really, especially now that McClus- McCluskey's gone, uh, they still have, still got like one pretty good wide receiver. But uh, I'm really, 
I'm really not worried about your typical losing 60 to nothing against OSU. Like, I actually don't feel too – I mean, I feel like it could be sort of like the Baylor game where it's like – So we there's just had a pretty good offense, chance that we can figure out how to have game. a passing threat. This game could actually be pretty close. Um, it is at Lawrence. Is that correct? I mean, I mean, obviously, we don't have that home field advantage thing going in mm-hmm. because there's not many people that go to games. But I feel like, you know, that could mm-hmm. be a boost. I mean, last time KU played at home, they dropped 55 on a Rutgers team. And granted, they're not great or by any means, but. Oh, and flashing back to that. Uh, yeah, uh, this Rutgers is definitely lost not a good Buffalo year for, for Rutgers the first by time any in school means, history. But, uh, as bad as KU's been, like, we got to take what we can take. I mean, we did beat a Big Ten school, even though they are going to probably have one of the worst years in school history. But I know, but when I listened to the that Saturday uh, ESPN radio while I was at work, and that's actually one of the things one of the guys said. Uh, he was all hot about KU and stuff like that going to the Baylor game, and I think uh, Buffalo was up like 30 nothing in the first half, and the first thing that guy said, he's like, well, maybe this isn't looking very good for Kansas, that Buffalo has beaten Rutgers this bad too. You know, like maybe we jumped the gun. And I think I think this team defensively has made a lot of strides. But if Bender's our quarterback, and I'm not saying that uh, Stanley is any better, I think athletically he gives us a better chance to win on Sunday. Not as much. I think Mox Kendrick is the best, but I think he's still hurt. Um but if Bender starts, I we lose this game. Just I think it's gonna be just like the Baylor game where we at just at least when Stanley's in the game. In the game in, but uh, granted, yeah, like you were saying, he's not not like he's better. You know, whatever. Uh, the one thing we could eliminate from our offense is if there is a pass rush, Stanley has shown abilities to you know get outside of the pocket and not take that tackle for loss slash sack, and you know either make, pick up a few yards on on the ground or even you know scramble to give his receivers a little bit more time to get open and, you know, make a play. You know, Peyton Bender, if there's any kind of rush, he just collapses. And the, Well, and the big thing, too, is our read option. That's a good point because, when, you know, they're playing Peyton Bender. They're like, well, there's only one way this can work out. Give the ball to Puka because if you keep it, you're going to die. Yeah. Um. All right, Derek. Yeah, I was surprised. I'm surprised you didn't hear about McCleskey transferring because uh, I was reading this morning that uh, even Ian Rapport brought up. He tweeted about uh, uh, Gundy being a bully because he, I guess, he went on before his conference and said that if any, uh, if any media ask one single question about McCleskey, that he's going to revoke privileges from wow. the media talking so to any of his Gundy players for the rest of the year. Very short temper. Well, yeah, I know, and it's just like like Rapport was saying, like this is the biggest story of your school's had. Like this is, you know, one of your best receivers you've had, and I mean, not top. I mean, he's probably top ten, but he's definitely a star. And the dude yeah. just decides to redshirt and transfer his senior year instead of you know probably going to the it's draft. He's going to go back and play for another school next year, and he's just so he's just like refusing to talk about it and. Well, and then they even said that now he's he's they're threatened about repercussions really? for uh, telling people about it, like like the media, yeah. Because like what happened was the media started freaking out and calling their bosses because like you know 
their their bosses are probably wanting a huge juicy story about this and they have to call their boss and tell him hey he's refusing to talk about it and if we ask anything about it you know because that's i mean writers get paid for what they write and you know the, the stories they bring and if nobody's writing about that story, you know, it's stupid. I thought it was interesting the uh, about transfers that Kelly Bryant kid from Clemson believing too after there was been a back and forth battle between him and that Trevor Lawrence kid. I kind of thought that was interesting. I don't either. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. He's um he's better than Jalen Hurts, but I kind of look at him at the same way. Like their teams were surrounded by so much talent. Like you can do so much. I mean, there's really not much you have to do to win, but he's still uh, he's still a pretty dang good oh, quarterback, and I would gladly take him over anything we have. So, all right, Derek, um, let's go ahead and go into our uh, end of the show predictions for the okay, season so and the game. State, but let's start with the keys, game. I think I've already touched base game. on. Um, I got a couple guys marked down. First off, for KU, uh, we've obviously been talking about the passing attack. Um, this is a guy in his career. He has had pretty solid seasons with, you know, below average quarterbacks, still putting up numbers. We just haven't heard from Steven Sims. And I mean, obviously our offense has changed a little bit, but if KU wants to have some success this Saturday, I feel yeah. like it's extremely crucial to get that guy going because not only is he our best receiver, but he's like that, you know, he's kind of that guy I think everyone kind of rallies around just because they know what he's capable of doing. I'm yep. going to say um, – So what's your score prediction? I'm going to go Oklahoma State, 35, KU, 18. And I think Stanley is going to get the start. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Um, I'm going to go with OSU, 31. Ooh, that would be – And that wouldn't be bad at all. 21. I think – I think it's going to be a ground versus ground kind of game. Uh, yeah, I, I think is there a running, running back, back Justice Hill? Is that his name? He's a he's a fucking monster. Yeah, he's going to eat. Um, I think I think I don't think their defense is very good. I think we can make a game out of it, but it's just a You've matter of what Puka can do when he has one on one matchups like yards. It's I mean now when you're running against eight guys in the box, okay, but if you run against like a five or six man front, you know with two you know two linebackers, four down linemen or whatever. Once he gets to that linebacker level and past it, it's pretty much over. He's, he might not mm-hmm. have a touchdown, but he's going to probably get, you know, 15, 18 yards. I'm going to stay with four and eight. Um, All I'm right, gonna so say, what's your season prediction? I'm going to have – I have faith. There's not a whole lot. Uh, okay. I think Carter Stanley, if Kendrick can't come back anytime soon, he's going to take the starting rollover, and, and uh, we'll start seeing this offense improve week to week, hopefully, man. All right, I'm gonna bump mine down to four and eight as well. Um, five and seven was a bold. It was more about that's just typical what could happen because we're gonna be one short of a bowl game. But I'm still, you know, if the Baylor game would have been an onslaught, <clears throat> I probably would have been a little different. But I still think was with our defense and Puka, I still as long as you no can figure out somewhat of a passing games. threat, I, I don't you have ar- arguably the most productive running back in the Big Twelve right now at KU. I mean, it's early but i mean oh there was there was one last thing i wanted to bring up um there was 
I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. It's the most David Beatty um, X thing that could have happened. So he went on his Hawk Talk thing on Monday, and uh, Monday or Tuesday, whatever that thing is. But he, uh, are you serious? He's the one that ruined the two chains announcement. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was supposed to be some video and stuff like that with Bill Self announcing it and whatnot, so everyone gets all pumped up for late night. And I guess, um, Beatty, you know, trying to always take the negative away from him being a terrible fucking coach. He's like, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. Uh, you know, Tone coming. We're going to have two chains in town. And everyone's like, wait, what? Two chains going to be in town? Well, I think he probably and did that on purpose, like you said, like, too. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to. Yeah, like, trying to take the spotlight off him being a terrible fucking coach. But, all right, Derek. Um, we kept this short and sweet. Um, nothing really to to brag about with uh, yeah. football, but uh, it's uh, just that's all I got. Topic, you know, else? For all the fans out there that do listen to this, we appreciate it, and uh, uh, just stay positive, guys. This uh, we're we're going through a tough time right now, obviously with a terrible coach and uh, him playing Bender. But I feel like we have Miles Kendrick or Carter Stanley out there. You know, it's gonna it'll be all right. Like we're gonna be competitive, and we're gonna have a chance to win a couple more games. I'm sticking to it, man. I know. I feel the same way. Later. But, uh, all right, man. Over and out.